0: Chapter 5a of the Sheikh. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matt Perrard. The Sheikh by E. M. Hull. Chapter 5a Under the awning of the tent. Diana was waiting for Gaston and the horses, pulling on her thick riding gloves nervously. She was wrought up to the utmost pitch of excitement. Ahmed bin Hassan had been away since the previous day, and it was uncertain if he would return that night or the next. He had been vague as to how long he would be absent. There had been a constant coming and going amongst his followers, messengers arriving on exhausted horses at all hours of the day and night, and the sheik himself had seemed unusually preoccupied. He had not condescended to give any reason for the special activity of his people, and she had not asked him. In the four weeks that had elapsed since she had promised him her obedience— She had been very silent. The fear and hatred of him grew daily. She had learned to stifle the wild fits of rage, and the angry words that leapt to her lips. She had learned to obey, a reluctant obedience given with compressed lips and defiant eyes, but given, and with a silence that surprised even herself. Day after day she had followed the usual routine, dumb unless he spoke to her, and with his own attention occupied with matters beyond the four walls of his tent, he had not noticed or did not trouble to heed her silence. Lately he had left her very much alone. She had ridden with him almost daily until the last week, when he had announced, curtly, that in the meantime the length of her rides must be curtailed and that gaston would accompany her he had not offered any explanation and she had not sought one she had chosen to see in it merely another act of tyranny imposed on her by the man whose arbitrary exercise of power over her and whose tacit possession of her galled her continually and under the sullen submission a wild fury of revolt was raging she searched feverishly for means of flight, and now the sheik's absence seemed to have given her the chance she had been waiting for. In the solitude of the previous night, she had tossed impatiently from side to side of the big couch, vainly trying to find some means of taking advantage of her comparative freedom to effect her escape. Surely she could find some way of avoiding Gaston's vigilance excitement had kept her awake half the night, and in the morning she had had hard work to keep her agitation hidden and to appear as usual. She had even been afraid to order the horses any earlier in her nervous terror, lest the valet should suspect there was any reason behind the simple request. After her petit-déjeuner, she had paced the tent unable to sit still dreading lest any moment might bring the return of the sheik and frustrate her hopes. She looked back into the room with a shudder as her eyes traveled over the luxurious appointments and different objects that had become so curiously familiar in the last two months. The unexpected equipments and the man's own baffling personality would remain in her recollection always as an enigma that she would never be able to solve. So much had been so inexplicable in himself and in his mode of life. She drew a long breath and went out hastily into the sunshine. The horses were waiting, and Gaston was standing ready to hold her stirrup. She fondled the beautiful gray horse's soft nose and patted his satiny neck with a hand that trembled a little she loved the horse and today he should be the means of saving her he responded to her caresses gentling her with slobbering mouth and whinnying softly with one last look at the big double tent and the rest of the camp behind it she mounted and rode away without another backward glance she had to exercise a rigid control over herself she longed to put silver star into a hard gallop at once and shake off Gaston, but she was still too near the camp. She must be patient and put a certain number of miles between herself and the possibility of pursuit before she attempted anything. Too early an endeavor would only bring the whole horde in wild chase at her heels. The thought of the promise she had given to the man from whom she was flying came back to her. She had promised obedience but she had not promised that she would not try to escape and if she had no promise wrung from her by fear was valid in her opinion she rode steadily forward at a slow swinging canter instinctively saving her horse plan after plan passing through her brain to be rejected as impracticable silver star fretted continually at the moderate pace tossing his head and catching at his bit she took no heed of the time beyond the fact that it was passing quickly and that if anything was to be done it must be done as soon as possible but gaston riding a few paces behind her was very much alive to the hour and had looked several times at his watch he ranged alongside of her now with a murmured apology pardon madame it grows late and submitted his wrist watch for her inspection diana glanced mechanically at her own wrist and then remembered that she had broken her watch the day before she pulled up and tilting her helmet back mopped her hot forehead and as she did so a sharp breeze sprang up the curious wind that comes and goes so rapidly in the desert an idea flashed into her mind it was a poor chance but it might succeed She shot a glance at Gaston. He was looking in the opposite direction, and, raising her hand, she fluttered her handkerchief a moment in the breeze, and then let it go. The wind carried it some distance away. She gave a little cry, and caught at the bridle of the valet's horse. Oh, Gaston, my handkerchief! And pointed to where the morsel of cambric lay white against a rock. With a comical exclamation of dismay, he slipped to the ground and started to run across the sand. She waited until he had got well on his way, sitting tense with shining eyes and thumping heart, then snatching off her helmet, she brought it down with a resounding smack on the hindquarters of the servant's horse, stampeding it in the direction of the camp, and wheeling Silver Star headed for the north deaf to Gaston's cries. Wild, with excitement, and free to go his own pace at last, her mount galloped swiftly, and the wind whistled past Diana's ears. To the possible fate of the little Frenchman, left on foot so far from the encampment, she gave no heed. For the moment she did not even think of him. She had no thought for anybody but herself. Her ruse, by its very simplicity, had succeeded. She was free and she did not care about anything else. She had no plans or ideas what she should do or where she should go beyond the fact that she would keep riding northward. She had vague hopes that she might fall in with friendly Arabs who for a promised reward would guide her to civilization. Most of them could speak a little French and for the rest her small stock of Arabic must do she knew that she was mad to attempt to ride across the desert alone but she did not mind she was free she was too excited to think coherently she laughed and shouted like a mad thing and her madness communicated itself to the gray who was going at racing speed diana knew that he was out of control that she could not stop him if she tried but she did not want to try the faster the better in time he would tire himself but until then let him go as he pleased she was fast putting miles between herself and the camp that had been a prison between herself and the brute who had dared to do what he had done at the thought of the sheik a sick feeling of fear ran through her if anything should happen if he should catch her again she shuddered and a cry burst from her lips But she gripped herself at once. She was idiotic, contemptible. It was impossible. It would be hours, perhaps even the next day, before the alarm was given. He would not know in what direction she had gone. She would have miles of start on one of the fleetest of his horses. She tried to put him out of her mind. She had escaped from him, and his cruelty. It was a nightmare that was over the effects would remain with her always nothing would ever be the same again but the daily dread the daily contamination would be gone the helpless tortured feeling the shame of submission that had filled her with an acute self-loathing that was as intense as her passionate hatred of the man who had forced her to endure his will the memory of it would live with her forever. ever he had made her a vile thing. Her cheeks scorched with the thought, and she shivered at the remembrance of all that she had gone through. She had been down into the depths, and she would carry the scars all her life. The girl who had started out so triumphantly from Biskra had become a woman through bitter knowledge and humiliating experience. The pace was less killing now. Silver Star had settled down into the steady, tireless gallop for which Ahmed Ben Hassan's horses were famous. The little breeze had died away as quickly as it had sprung up, and it was very hot. Diana looked about her with glowing eyes. Everything seemed different. From the first, she had loved the desert, but back of everything and mingled with everything had been the feeling of fear, the continual restraint the perpetual subservience to the whims of her captor which had dominated everything. But now the whole aspect was changed. She loved the endless, undulating expanse stretching out before her, and as the grey topped each rise her interest grew keener. What might not be behind the next one? For an hour or more the ground rose and fell in monotonous succession, and then the desert Grew level again, and quite suddenly she could see for miles. About two miles away, a few palm trees showed clustering together, and Diana turned in their direction. They probably meant a well, and it was time she rested her horse and herself. It was the tiniest little oasis, and she drew rein and dismounted with fears for the well she had hoped to find. But there was one, very much silted up and she set to work to clear it as well as she could to procure enough for herself and silver star who was frantically trying to get to the water it was exhausting work but she managed to satisfy the gray and having unloosed his girths she flung herself down on the ground in a small patch of shade she lit a cigarette and lay flat on her back with her helmet over her eyes for the first time since she had shaken off Gaston, she began to think seriously. What she had done was madness. She had no food for herself or her horse, no water, and heaven only knew where the next will might be. She was alone in an uncivilized country among a savage people with no protection of any kind. She might fall in with friendly Arabs, or she might not. She might come across an encampment, or she might wander for days and see no one, in which case death from hunger and thirst stared her in the face. What would she do when night came? With a sharp cry, she leapt to her feet. What was she to do? She looked all around the little oasis with startled eyes at the few palm trees and clumps of camelthorn the broken well and the grey horse still snuffing about its mouth. She felt frightened for the first time. She was alone, and about her was unending space, and she felt an atom, insignificant, the least of all things. She looked up into the clear sky, and the blue vastness appalled her. Then the sudden panic to which she had given way subsided, and her courage rose with a bound it was only midday anything might happen between then and nightfall of one thing only she was sure she did not repent of what she had done behind her was ahmed ben hassan and before her was possibly death and death was preferable she was quite calm again and lay down in the patch of shade once more with a resolute determination to mind time to think of them when they came For the next hour or two, she must rest and escape the intense heat. She rolled over on her face with her head in her arms and tried to sleep, but she was too excited and soon gave up the attempt. And in any case, she argued with herself, she might sleep too long and lose precious time. She stretched luxuriously on the soft ground, thankful for the shade from the burning sun. The gray, tired of nosing round the well and blowing disdainfully at the thorn bushes, wandered over to her side and nuzzled her gently. She caught at his velvety nose and drew it down beside her face. He was a very affectionate beast and gentler than most of the other horses, and he pressed close up to her, whinnying softly and looking at her with large, expressive eyes. "'I haven't anything to give you, poor old boy,' she said regretfully, kissing his muzzle, and then pushing him away from her. She looked up again into the sky. A dark speck sailed overhead, the slow, heavy flight of a vulture. In a few hours he might be picking her bones. Merciful heavens! Why did such thoughts come into her head? Had she nothing left of the courage that had once been second nature? "'If—' she let her nerves get the upper hand she might as well make no further effort but lie down and die at once with shaking fingers she took another cigarette smoking would soothe her yet she hesitated before she lit it there were only a few left and her need might still be greater but with a reckless laugh she snapped the thin case too and carefully scraped the evil-smelling sulphur match torn from a flat wood strip she settled herself comfortably again full length all around her were the innumerable tiny noises of the desert the hum of the countless insect life the rustling of the sand and the occasional dry crackle of the camel thorns made by the slipping of a twig or the displacing of a branch sounds that would have been incomprehensible some weeks before for a few minutes a sand-spider attracted her attention and she watched his hurried painstaking operations with wondering interest gradually a drowsy feeling stole over her and she realized suddenly that the air was impregnated with the scent of the tobacco that was always associated with the she it was one of his cigarettes that she was smoking she had always been powerfully affected by the influence of smell which induced recollection with her to an extraordinary degree, and now the uncommon penetrating odor of the Arab's cigarettes brought back all that she had been trying to put out of her mind. With a groan, she flung it away and buried her face in her arms. The past rose up and rushed, uncontrolled, through her brain. Incidents crowded into her recollection, memories of headlong gallops across the desert riding beside the man who while she hated him compelled her admiration memories of him schooling the horses that he loved sitting them like a centaur memories of him amongst his men memories more intimately connected with herself of his varying moods his swift changes from savage cruelty to amazing gentleness from brutal intolerance to sudden consideration. There had even been times when he had interested her despite herself, and she had forgotten the relationship in which they stood towards each other in listening to his deep, slow voice, till a word or a gesture brought back the fact vividly, memories of moments when she had struggled against his caresses, and he had mocked her helplessness with his great strength when she had lain in his arms, panting and exhausted, cold with fear and shrinking from his fierce kisses. She had feared him as she had never believed it possible to fear. His face rose before her clearly with all the expressions she had learned to know and dread. She tried to banish it, striving with all her might to put him from her mind, twisting this way and that writhing on the soft sand as she struggled with the obsession that held her she saw him all the time plainly as though he were there before her would he pursue her always phantom-like would the recollection of the handsome brown face haunt her forever with its fierce eyes and cruel mouth she buried her head deeper in her arms but the vision persisted until with a scream she started up with heaving chest and wild eyes, standing rigid, staring towards the south with a desperate fixedness that made her eyeballs ache. End of chapter 5a